not sure where it all went wrong. Come on, get up. Just reach out. I've got you. Oh, Alex. It's too late. I'm not... I can't come back. No, I... I will get you. You're my sister. You just have to stand up. I've always been so proud of you. Fighting for what you believed in. Please stay with me. I need you. You guys are moving mountains, Alex. Keep going. I'm pushing. You have to succeed. I don't know if I can do it anymore. I heard it. I heard you. Was it? It was quick. Take... Take care of the girls for me. And... Shut! Shut, come with me! Come back! Shondell! Love you, Alex. It's October 31st, 2025, and Kara is joining me on air live at 2 p.m. in The Hub. It's great to have you back, Kara. Glad to be back on. It's certainly been a while. Don't worry, it's like riding a bike. <laughs> Listeners, we start off with some important news. Rogue Waves needs to get on the move. In light of developments, it is imperative that everyone gets to a bunker as soon as possible. However, even in our urgency, remember, we are navigating the toughest scenario humanity has ever faced. We at Rogue Waves know it's important to take a moment in these times to breathe. Alex is here with us on the intake phone and updating safe house information on the fly. But with recent issues, we want to remind our listeners that this is not normal. It is okay to not be okay. Anything you want to add, Alex? Hello, everyone. Thank you for your bravery. Thank you for the love you've sent me through Connectus. We will keep moving forward, but today I will be thinking of my sister. Back to you. Thanks, Alex. We're all with you. Kara, what have we got today? Only moments ago, we received a clip from Nurse Coker that sheds a light on what we are dealing with. We have a neurologist from Seattle ready to comment right after. We then have a recorded interview from Grammy, a call with user XCV853 with news on her experience leaving Amarillo for the bunker in Texas. She is currently at a safe house halfway there. We are happy to report some good news that Jose and Meredith, the state media associates who got the coordinates to the bunkers, have successfully made it to the same one where Sarah, the president, and Hannah are staying. But first, before we go into anything else, we are going to roll an interview clip sent in from Nurse Coker and Dr. Novak. Rolling. Hello, Patrick and Alex. This is Nurse Laura Coker and Dr. Lily Novak. Since our call was cut, she and I have scoured the drives given to us by Dr. Zuri. We can now confirm the trend seen by your users in the multiple accounts. We were primarily interested in three key areas of the brain affected by the virus. The olfactory nerve, the prefrontal cortex, and the limbic region, particularly the amygdala. MRI scans of patient T revealed dramatically modified activity in these regions. We believe that any attempt at mitigation depends on understanding why hosts flee in terror from some people and outright ignore others. Dr. Novak? The virus causes catastrophic suppression of the prefrontal cortex, the region of the brain believed to be responsible for individual personality and impulse control, as well as the amygdala, where emotional and survival urges originate. Damage to the amygdala is associated with the loss of empathy and increased aggression. In normal brains, primitive signals like fear and anger arise in the amygdala and filter through the prefrontal cortex. 
the result is a measured, logical, and socially appropriate action. The Shechi, on the other hand, have amplified survival instincts and no capacity to suppress them. This has progressed in the form of killing anything it deems a threat, which also aids in the spread of the virus. And a reminder, we don't yet understand how they respond and develop by way of these influences. We know that they're learning, but even their sleeping patterns and actions have changed from just a week ago. The noise that Patrick pointed out yesterday, the distinct hum or moan, has now been noted on Connect Us as something consistent around the world. Don't know what that could mean. But they have a weakness. Confirmed encounters with terror-stricken hosts have involved people with systemic lupus, Crohn's, HIV, and other diseases with immune system hyperactivity. While these are distinct conditions, they share common pathways including T-cell activation, inflammatory cytokine expression, and serological elevation of acute phase reactant proteins. As far as we can tell, hosts can detect a unique phenotypical signal, a scent, so to speak, expressed by people with immune system pathologies, and for whatever reason, are afraid. We now go to neurologist Dr. Carla Avery. She's also a safe house provider for the greater Seattle area for those heading to Washington for the Pacific Northwest bunker. Hello, Rogue Waves? Hi, yes, Dr. Avery. What did you think of the clip we just aired? I apologize if I'm disorganized. I haven't slept in 40 hours, but I'm fascinated by the clip. This was lightly touched on on a few Connectus forums, but the MRI scans give some solid evidence. Given the circumstances, we've had to move quickly and rely on some hasty extrapolations to develop a framework for what we're proposing. This virus affects the entire host physiology in ways we've never seen before. There's nothing in the literature to draw from. Okay, uh, what would you postulate? Well, the Shei-Chi show weakened activity of the prefrontal cortex, believed to be responsible for logic and personality in the amygdala. It's an ancient structure, evolutionarily speaking, where instinctual urges, emotions, fear, and aggression originate. As the clip said, in normal brains, these raw signals are filtered through the prefrontal cortex, where they are subdued and modified to make sure you don't go to jail. I mean, thus, rage becomes tension. Lust becomes a Shakespearean sonnet. You get the idea. And what about those with these immunocompromising diseases? Yes, good question. And perhaps a distinction's needed. These aren't necessarily immunocompromising diseases. They're diseases that cause a hyperactivity within the immune system. Again, systemic lupus, Crohn's, HIV, and other diseases involving abnormal T-cell activation and chronic cytokine activation. Nurse Coker commented that the Shei-Chi can perhaps detect an unknown phenotypical scent expressed by people with pathological immune systems. I find this to be the most logical possibility we've heard yet. Then, the Shei-Chi see them as a threat, or otherwise not interested. So, are they attacking to spread the disease? Well, no. It's true, the virus spreads in this way, but that is begging the question. We must remember that a virus does not want or desire anything. Viral evolution follows trends in human behavior, molded entirely by our activities. It's incorrect to think of a host as vessels for the contagion or as a means to an end. Rather, these are people who, because of the virus, have lost the capacity to suppress their amplified survival instincts. Any student of human history should not be surprised that this is the state of man unencumbered by reason and liberated from empathy. We've spent the last decade in a constant state of anger and contempt for people we see as different from ourselves. This virus, this nemesis, has lifted the veil of social normativity. For Shei Chi, the levees of reason and empathy have failed them and the mind is flooded with the irresistible urge for retribution. 
for what, I- I'm not sure we'll ever know. Wow. Uh, so if I get this right, this could really be set off by changes in human social interactions? Absolutely. It, it could also be environmental, just a tipping point to set things off. Who knows? But keep in mind, we're at the early stages. Shaichi behavior seems to occur in stages. The duration of each stage is highly variable. Initial infection carries prodrome of behavioral changes, inappropriate effect, and psychosis. The primary infection is not unlike the encephalitis lethargica reported during the Spanish flu, as has been the topic of many of our discussion forums. Hosts act as if in a stupor until they're aroused and become aggressive. The secondary stage involves hyperaggression. Serum levels of catecholamine skyrocket and hosts shift from apathy to terror in the presence of certain people. Blind rage allows them to carry on attacking even when severely damaged. The third stage is what we call functional aggression, where rudimentary goal-directed actions return. In other words, they're getting smarter. And maybe it's also here that the telltale vocalizations emerge. Hosts all over the world exhibit the same characteristic phonation. We have no explanation for this phenomenon. We have dubbed it the Vox Dei, the voice of God. You know, Mark Twain once lamented that at their best, humans are nickel-plated angels. At worst, they're unthinkable, unimaginable. People have justifiably labeled this the zombie virus. I think nothing could be further from the case. These are not automatons. These are individuals with unshackled primal instincts, devoid of all empathy. These aren't zombies, but humans as their fundamental selves. Dr. Avery, you are truly brilliant. No, I mean, what I am is exhausted. Thanks for letting me ramble. I know I've been thinking. What an Everyone, everyone upstairs, we've been breached. Dr. Avery, oh my God. Listen, I Patrick. No, I can't I can't keep hearing that. Patrick, it's okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I need Kara, can you intro Grammy? <laughs> Listeners, this talk with Grammy was recorded some time ago, soon after the 64. Rolling. There is a time to run, and there is a time to fight. This is it. We need to get out on the streets. I know, Grammy, I do, but we have callers saying there are people getting arrested, if not worse. I do not care. I don't. We should be standing together. Patrick, I'm ashamed. You're letting your fear get the better of you. The fear that you might not come back one day. These people sacrifice their lives, their families to speak out. I need you to start walking the walk. I need everyone listening to start standing up. I'm not asking you to run. I'm asking you to ride the wave forward. A wave has only one thing to do, crash against the shore again and again and again. And eventually it can succeed against rock, beat it, tear away its hard surface and disperse it into the ocean. That is what these steps are. We cannot let them win. We have to keep at it, keep pushing, keep fighting. I'm tired, but I'm not done. There we have it. It's one of the many lessons Grammy has given to me over the years. She's in the other room resting a bit, folks, but um, thank you for teaching me how to be brave, Grammy. Let's move forward. We now take a call from user Lydia. 
Lydia is on her way to the Texas bunker, but we asked her to update us on a few things she saw on the way. It's important to take in what is working for others in the effort to reach a bunker. Lydia said she had a couple of pointers. She's on. Hi, Lydia. Yes, hello. This is user XCV853. Great. Uh, Lydia, what can you tell us about the journey? It's been pretty freaky. I've been reading about people driving across cities and the issues they've run into there. I mean, that video of the subway system in New York, people trapped in the tunnels. I I couldn't sleep all that night. But it's different when you have wide stretches of land. So usually you can go a solid 80 on freeways here, even at night. But abandoned cars litter the way. And when I drove through Lubbock, I had to turn around twice. And did I see that you picked up some other people as well? Yes, this couple and a kid were stuck outside Lubbock, no gas, and they weren't able to get around the cars blocking the gas station. It's terrifying. You have to be careful. They know where people gather. But I just wait till someone else draws the Shechi away. Uh, what do you mean? Well, I mean I'm not proud. You just wait till someone louder rolls by and see which Shechi are awake. They usually start following the loudest sound, but it's much slower going than I thought. So many abandoned cars. Patrick, Kara, we have an issue. We're getting a lot of activity in Phoenix on our track the attack system. What's going on? Video coming in now. Thanks, Lydia, for your account. We hope for the best. Roll it. Please! Please! I don't know how they got in. It's secure. Everything's secure. I don't understand. How could... Bolts. Chairs. We even put a bike chain around the handle. But they still got in. It sounded like a battering ram. My friends on the lower floor, they, before they got into their door, they said the Shei had bolt cutters. God! They're coming. They... I don't understand. I... Alex, look, there's hotspots all over the country. I assumed they'd, like... This must be what Dr. Avery was talking about. Listeners, check in on Connectus for safe house locations and how to get to your nearest bunker. This needs to be the final effort. I... What is it? I just... There's a file sent to us from Jada. Who? An associate of ours, old head of state media. She was on a few recent calls, but she's had COVID. So that means she's changed. How could she send... No, it's from her husband. He sent a sound file with it. Rolling. This is Charlie O'Donnell, husband of Jada O'Donnell. I have something for you all. I can't... I can't believe it. This changes everything. Dad, come on, hurry. We Jada need to leave. Has turned. They're about to get out. As if last night, she and my... Oh, God. My daughter, too. They're going crazy. They'll break down the door soon. We are leaving to a neighbor's. Dad, tell them. About five hours ago, Jada started yelling at the door to the basement, asking to be let out. Honey? Honey, I have something for you. Mom, how's Caroline? Oh, Garrett, she's gone. Tied up, but she's changed. Get your dad. I'm changing soon, too. Dad, Mom's at the door. She needs you. Hey, hey, Gay, are you okay? Charlie, I can feel it. I'm changing, but I need to... I need to get something. Baby, you know I can't let you out. No, Charlie. You have to get something for me. Here. Under the door. What the f- 
Oh my God. Garrett, no. look away. Oh shit. Jada, what? It's it's fine. It came right off. <laughs> what the Dad? hell? Dad, is everything alright? Stay right? in the other room. <laughs> Honey, trust me. But I, I need you to get something from a safe. What? What safe? Where? Closet. Behind the dresser. Garrett! Gare! Go look in our closet behind the dresser. Looking for a safe. I'm so sorry. I don't know how the world got to this point. I never Honey, meant. No, no, no. We've talked about it. It wasn't your oh, fault. It is. Yeah, Dad. There's a safe here. You'll see. It's got a combo and like a scanner thing. <laughs> yep. Just enter the code while leaving my finger on the scanner. Six, nine, four, six, two, three. God damn it, Jady. You should have done it before. I couldn't have, Charlie, but. But now I need the truth to get out. God I can't die knowing it the didn't. Truth? What truth? Well, go and find out. Six nine four six two three. Yes. Bring the hard drive down here. She. She'd severed her finger, slid it under the door like it was nothing. Holy shit! That's that's insane. I bet she hardly I, realized what she was doing. So I brought the hard drive down and connected to the laptop. You got it? Yeah, on. Okay, I... you need to let me out and do my retina scan. Honey, I can't let you out. You have to. I'd give my eye, but I could damage it, and what good would that do? You... You need to, please, honey. I'm good right now. This is the last thing I ask for. Gary, you have the bat? Yeah, Dad. Be ready. I got you. No, I got you, honey. Oh, God, your hand. Oh, Jada. Mom, are you there? Mm-hmm. Hurry. Let's go. Come on. I know, honey. I know. I'm so sorry. I know. Look at the camera. All right, let's get you back. Wait. Can I say goodbye? Just one last time? Please. I've got her. I love you, Mom. I love you. No, get in there. Go. Mom! Sorry, Garrett. That's not your mother anymore. Here's the file. I listened to it. She was a good person. Remember that. I'm sorry for the pain this will cause. Do we roll it? We have to. Yes, here it is. Listeners, we are standing by to turn it off if necessary. Rolling. You have no right. If you just listen to what this could bring. No, absolutely not. I don't care what you think this could do for the country. But inciting violence? It's wrong. We have had three years of protest. Have you not heard a single Look, word? If we can just take a step back, Madam Vice President, we have been presented an opportunity with these bunkers. At the rate we're building, they'll be finished before 2023. It's an engineering feat. And yes, the world built them in case a worse disease were to occur, but they could easily be outfitted for times of war. They can hold hundreds of people, and with the right process, it can help usher what we both want. What we both want. A free and connected America. No, I am unwilling to sacrifice our people. We are here to fight for them, every last one. 
I will take no part in this. Then at least do not persist in going to these rallies. What do the rallies have to do with this? They are becoming more and more dangerous. Even with the Secret Service, we cannot guarantee the safety Listen of them. Listen to me. The people are speaking up. We have an opportunity to make things right, but you keep stopping it in its tracks. The policies you've been enacting, I mean, come on, it's a police state. This disease has pushed us to the edge, but without it, these problems would have never been exposed. You know it's not enough. There needs to be something else, a bigger change. Is that your plan? Incite something in the city? Not a city, globally. Globally? The bunkers are truly meant as a disease safe haven, but they give us an opportunity for safety if something else were to happen in America or around the world. Things are about to go very dark. Oh, dark. Yes, it has been dark for years. And do you know what the only way through is? Together. Through the dark, together. Not this. That's all very idealistic, but we need to start over. These bunkers will help us. They give the perfect protection. In from case the disease, not from... This conversation is over. I will be leaving for Austin's rally tomorrow. How dare you, both of you, Change this now. She will come to her senses. I hope so. The bunkers will be ready soon. Good. We have a low-level incident in place for Austin, but let's stay the course for Indianapolis. And as questions arise globally of the attack in Indianapolis, the administration no. Calm down. This was not the plan. The people there are ready to pull You said minimal casualties. This completely throws everything off. The White House, but strict rules on media coverage continues to be a smokescreen. You said someone else would claim responsibility. You think anyone will do that after the vice president is killed? She's not dead. Think about the many people who have lost their lives. She'll be pulled out. And you trust these trigger-happy work? This will not work. We remember them. You lied. Caroline you said we would hole Abby up Johnson. for a couple of weeks in a Taylor bunker. Fox. We have an opportunity Sandra to institute full control. This is what we've been counting on. And since the explosions didn't trigger explosions? the- Explosions? What the hell have you and the general been doing? This was supposed to just scare people, we not- We will pull through stronger than before. No, I'm finished. Oh, no, you're not. Oh, I'm not. Me, I'm not. Just try to keep me around. I dare you. You've gotten too comfortable. You take one step out of line, and you, your family, You make and so much as an attempt on my life or my family, you will wish you'd never have let me step foot in this building. You forget who got you here. I can take that away. Listeners, we... I, uh, I, I don't know what to say. So they were trying to incite some war? At first. So the 64 and Joseph died because of this. This insane attempt to like rebuild America from ashes. I mean, martial law was instituted right after this with the Indianapolis rally. What was that? What? I thought I saw out the window. Alex, do we have any political associates we can still call? Hold on. Carol, what did you see? Granny? Granny? It's in the living room! Alex, get the crowbar! One sec! Crowbar is by the front door. Did it climb up? It's got a knife! Fuck it, you piece of shit! Get off of her! Everyone into the bathroom now! Kara, 
me with Grammy. Oh, there's more climbing up the window. Get in, get in, go, go, go! She's, there's so much blood. Do we, do we put pressure on it? Move. It's more on the outside of the leg, so it missed the femoral artery. Patrick, give me your belt. Does anyone have a phone light? I need a closer look. No, I don't. I don't have one. Mine's out there too. Wait, my recorder has a light on it. Here, you guys. It's deep. Oh, it hurts. Grammy, squeeze my hand. Stay with us. Come on, Grim. Wait, you guys. Listen. Middlestat, writer and creator of Rogue Waves. If you like what you're listening to, help us get the word out by sharing with your friends, giving us a review, and tune in for the next episode, The Light. You can find us on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Rogue Waves Podcast for exclusive content. Rogue Waves was created and written by Brian Middlestat, produced and cast by Tessa Fay Talent, creative associate Aaron Cessna. Executive Story Editor, Amanda Harris. Edited, sound designed, and mixed by Brian Middlestadt. Script Advisor, David Soup. Music by Ken Plumley, Brian Middlestadt, and the Rossi Sisters. Artwork by Jacqueline Ross. A massive thanks to guest writer, Rob Schonhoff, for making all of the science make sense and making things pretty damn cool. Special thanks to Soundscaping from GhostHack and Freesound.org. Your work makes this podcast possible. Thank you. Featured on Part 7, The Dark, is Brian Middlestad as Patrick, Lizzie Kehoe as Alex, Laura Cantwell as Chantel, Rosie Kreider as Kara, Marley Rodriguez as Nurse Coker, Aaron Cessna as Lily, Claire D'Angelo as Dr. Carla, Elizabeth Saunders as Grammy, Brianna Calla as Lydia, Patrick Elliott as Elias, Joseph Boyce as Charlie O'Donnell, Joseph Napolitano as Garrett O'Donnell, Sam Morales as Jada O'Donnell, Michael Corcoran as the President, Tamisha Peterson as Vice President, April Ella Lichtman as Max. Be sure to stay tuned for the next episode, Part 8, The Light, coming soon.